Welcome to Don't Forget Your Position. I'm your host, Nick Fady, and I hope you had a great weekend uh, watching sports. There was a lot of things um, on the weekend, a lot of things going on um, right now as well. For instance, last night I just watched the Monaco Grand Prix for the Formula One, and um, in terms of great sporting events on the calendar, this one is right up there. It's on um, pretty much all sporting fans' bucket list. Um, even if you aren't a big fan, it's it's definitely something you wouldn't mind checking out, you know, being in, in Monaco for the buzz of the Grand Prix, that historic street circuit. Uh, last night, you know, we saw not a very good race, but um, we, you know, we saw Verstappen win it, a bit of a change in the podium as well. Um, but it's, it's all about watching it and just, you know, seeing how the event is put on, um, seeing how the, the cars racing around. Those circuit, um, those streets of Monaco, you know, pretty much the fastest cars in the world, uh, you know, those tight bends, um, and just seeing people on on their yachts in their apartments in such a small little pocket of of South France. I know Monaco is technically their own state, but it's just it's such a great event to watch. The build up, it's like none other. Um, the way that they get, you know, celebrities and influencers involved, it's it's something which. A lot of sporting events around the world can really look look at um, uh, as an example, and and yeah, it's you know not really in the middle of the Formula One season, but it's 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 um, a little bit um, towards the the middle, and so it's right after the whole excitement of the first few races. But you know, this somehow manages to generate a lot of interest in the mainstream media, not just the avid sports fans or motorheads out there. So yeah, look, I, I enjoyed it. Um, one of my favorite events, you know, for the you know school kids out there, uni uni kids. When if you have to do, if you're studying something like sport management or sports marketing, this is and you have an, an assignment to do on um, a major sporting event. I know I've, I did a lot um, back in the day. Monaco Grand Prix is definitely something you can um, write a whole thesis about, actually. So yeah, it was a great event. Staying international, um, just yeah. Also, I hope that the Formula One season continues to be as tight as it, as it is at the top. Um, we're seeing a bit of a fight at the moment, which is good for the sport. Um, but staying on a global scale, I mentioned the playoffs in the NBA had just begun. I also just watched my Knicks lose uh, by two points to Atlanta in game one of their first NBA playoff appearance in many years um, at the Garden. And I wanted to bring this up because there was 15,000 people uh, in Madison Square Garden, um, we saw Tracy Morgan and Spike Lee. You know, to bring up the celebrity um, appearance appeal that big um, big sporting organizations usually use to um, to bring to their franchises as you know number one ticket holders, top holders, and stuff like that. But they were there. Fifteen thousand Knicks fans were there. Um, David Gretel's there at halftime, put on a bit of a show, um, and yeah, look. The NBA going through something like the bubble last year have earned a lot of reputation. Um, obviously, with all the political stances they had as well, and they did it in a really good way. Um, that they've managed to reap the rewards um, in terms of a reputation um, of their brand, of their organization, and now they're in the playoffs and they're getting fans along to these games, and people want to go to these games. And they're generating an atmosphere at the games, but it's being seen on TV as well. So it's great to see the NBA um, and those fans at the Monaco Grand Prix as well 
last night. Um, but it's great to see the NBA really um, just living up to its high standards at the moment. So hopefully that um, series goes a long way, maybe to game seven, I believe. There's a couple other tight um, matchups, Lakers and Suns. That was a oh, Suns took game one. So hopefully that will go to game seven. And there's just some really good teams out there this year. I know everyone wants to see Lakers versus Brooklyn. Um, and and my point here with the NBA is that having New York Knicks in the playoffs is is great for the NBA. You know, having that big market franchise in the playoffs and doing well um, despite that loss earlier is good for the, the NBA, just like any other, you know, major competition. The AFL, for instance, when teams like Collingwood or Richmond do well, um, it, there's just something different about the grand final or um, in the A-League. I know Mel and Victor haven't been doing so well lately, but, you know, when they're up, up there again in a, in a few years and if they play Sydney FC or Western Sydney or even Melbourne City again, you know, things like that really um, do wonders for the A-League. Even though people do like to see the underdog story um, at times, having those big market teams in at the top is, is also good. Um, and the Knicks, Knicks has a, a bit of a different element because they have that catchment. They're, they're so well-known, um, they're so historic, but they're also a little bit of the underdogs, especially when they're going up against um, a team like Brooklyn Nets. They probably won't face them this year, but in terms of the battle for New York, um, I think it will always be Knicks, but you know Brooklyn have the big three on the, uh, you know, Durant, uh, Harden and, and Kyrie. So, you know, it, it's very interesting at the moment. The NBA, very interesting. A lot of different dynamics, a lot of different storylines. Um, then there's that LeBron whole dynasty, um, dynasty, uh, legacy storyline. You know, will he reach uh, Michael Jordan's six championship ring, rings and all these rookies that are coming through? It's it's very interesting, the NBA. So hats off to them. Um, yeah, and... You know, staying staying overseas in terms of finales, uh, the, all, obviously all the big football leagues in Europe come to an end. Man City uh, won, Atletico Madrid won uh, their league in Spain. Um, Inter Milan finally dethroned Juventus's nine straight wins at the top, which is good for the league. I mentioned that in a previous podcast um, episode. And Lille actually in, in France, which was amazing. Um, you know, PSG have been dominant for so long, so now it's good to see a, a different champion. Um, but, yeah, you know, moving on to the Champions League final, um, which is always pretty much a big curtain raiser for the um, the Euros because it's a Euro year off, the World Cup is on. But the Champions League final is such a massive event. Um, best team in Europe um, will be crowned champions. Uh, Man City versus Chelsea. And, and these are two teams which have obviously a – Massive supporter base around the world, coming from England, um, both of them, and it'll be it'll be very good um, to to watch. I'm actually not too sure what's going on with, with the crowds at the moment, um, but just how they've managed to again the the UEFA put on this event in the midst of all that controversy with um, with the European Super League and all that kind of stuff. It, it's good to see them having a nice final like this. So let's hope that the on um, on field display from both teams lives up to the expectations, and a lot of people watch this um, this game. I, I definitely know I will. Um, so yeah, look, staying with football, wanted to mention the the A League. My team, Melbourne City, won the the Premiership plate. Um, I, I went along the other day to to watch them lift the trophy. Um, 
Look, the thing with the A League, it's for me that that trophy should have been worth more than a grand final. I'm not just saying this in case they do lose the grand final, but I understand there's an aspect to it in this country where they do love a grand final um, for the league. Um, it's just how it's always been. But, you know, with, with football, with soccer, it, it should really be who's on top wins the league and um, more of an emphasis on the domestic cup um, because the FFA Cup, it's structured so brilliantly. But let's let's be honest, no one really cares that much because everyone's all, all eyes are on the grand final because that is sort of like a cup in its own right. Um, and, the, and the term champions um will be used for whoever wins that game instead of, you know, whoever ends up on top. So I think there may need to be a little restructure, but obviously the league, the um, Football Australia, have to realise as well, take into account that not everyone might may want that, the way the game is set up in this country. There's always been a grand final in any code. So that's just a little bit of my two cents on that part. But the A-League's looking good, um, kind of. I mean, there are still struggling crowd attendances. Um, it's good to see that some some of the games are live uh, on live TV still, but let's let's see what's going on. There's always a bit of a question mark with a few things when the A League finishes each year. Um, the twelve teams got twelve teams now, which is which is getting there. It's, it's getting better, and there's a just like I mentioned. Actually, I dedicated a whole podcast episode to it. Um, the the championship they they want to bring in a second tier. So if they do something like that. If they want to keep it traditional in terms of football, a football sense, um, they I believe they do have to get rid of the grand final. I'm not too sure how much money it makes. These sort of things, the revenue brings in. Um, obviously, a lot of people do watch it. Um, but yeah, for me, I would love to see a day where the A League has two competitive, um, you know, leagues tiers, and you know, attendances are always up as much as they could be. You know, rivalries, these sort of things, and you know, the, the league winners are the ones that finish on top with the cup having a massive emphasis. Maybe that can be played on Australia Day or, or something like that or Anzac Day, anything. Um, I just think with the way it's set up right now, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a yes, um, bittersweet moment because we won a trophy. Melbourne City fans won their first real trophy for the A-League, but there's always a sense of are they going to choke in the finals? Are they going to hold on and, and win that grand final? Um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing to, to think about in terms of a sporting dynamic and, and the way things are structured here in Australia and, and how their audience responds to it. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I'm just one person, mom, a lot of people may love that grand final. Um, it gives teams the opportunity to win it, but is it fair? That's another aspect that I have to take into account. Um, yeah, mo- moving on to, to another sport, um, individual sport, boxing, I've, Show that I've I've been a bit of a boxing fan over the last few podcasts. Um, something big that's happened recently that heavyweight division. I mean, there's a lot of interesting fights coming up in other divisions, but that heavyweight, in terms of a marketing standpoint, people always have their eyes on the heavyweight division. If if it's booming, you know, there's nothing better. And at the moment, there are two lads right now from England that are just definitely just biggest pay per view. Um, you know. Pleases out there in Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. All the belts in that division are held by these two. There is an opportunity to have them fight um, for to be undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Have all the belts. Um, and finally, that division can, you know, can make some sense. But at the moment, it's still like who's the champion? 
They were going to have a fight in Saudi Arabia. Um, again, that's a whole other story in terms of how that's kind of how they kind of got that instead of the UK. Um, obviously, financial um, reasons there. But now, one of the governing body, I think it was the WBO, um, one of the the bodies or one of the belts, pretty much um, organizations where that have a belt for champ for for the champion, the WBO have ordered. Tyson Fury to fight Deontay Wilder for the third fight, which, you know, we thought was going to happen maybe down the track, but now they had to make it this year in September. So that August um, 14, I believe, fight in Saudi between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua is not going to go ahead. Anthony jo Joshua now has to fight um, Usek, I believe, from Ukraine, the cruiserweight that jumped up to the, uh, the undisputed cruiserweight champion that jumped up to heavyweight. And he has to kind of fight him. So potentially both these guys could lose their titles um, before they fight, have this fight. Um, I understand why they're doing it because each organization looks out for themselves. And that's that's my point exactly why boxing really needs to get their stuff together um, and, and have a model like the UFC. It won't happen, though. I'm saying this into a microphone, but I do understand it won't happen. Um, but it would have just been that much easier it looks beautiful with, with all those, you know, those belts. But at the end of the day, we, we just want to see who's the best. Having all these belts, having all these mandatory fights and dates and rankings, it gets too confusing and throws people off the sport, especially when, you know, Tyson Fury, you know, kind of confirmed they were going to fight. He's going to fight AJ, um, Anthony Joshua in Saudi. And Anthony Joshua was um, hitting back on Twitter after, you know, he heard the news that he, he wasn't going to go ahead. So, it's just adding fuel to the fire for this this whole world of boxing. Um, I hope that can fix it. So, yeah, I would love to see Fury vs. AJ win their fights if they, those two fights go ahead and then they fight at the end of the year. I'd love to see it in at Wembley, you know, really divide the nation in terms of these two boxers. I, I like both of them, um, their fighting styles, the way they train, the way they hold themselves. They're both great role models. Um, and their personalities is good, um, different, but but I think it will work and it will sell fights. Um, it's just a way to getting all these organizations together and, and the promotions together. And it's just, it's one thing after another. Um, and it's very difficult. <laughs> it's just always very difficult to be a fan. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I'd love to see those fights happen. I'll still watch, you know, the the respective fights, if, if the mandatory fights for Fury and, and Anthony Joshua, um, that will come up in the next couple months. But yeah, I was really looking forward to that heavyweight clash, and, and that could have been a trilogy in itself. Um, I actually don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes I feel like Tyson Fury will win. Sometimes I feel like a Anthony Joshua will win. It could have been – I could have had that answer in August, but now we are not going to have that answer. So, yes, wanted to bring that up too at the end of this episode. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DFYP Sports, um, and this is obviously – on wherever you find your podcast, leave a comment on, on Instagram or, you know, tweet us back if you want any questions answered or any topics to be um, covered. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is a bit more lighthearted. Um, something will be posted there shortly. Um, so yes, look, hope you have a good week. Hope you enjoyed this, this, um, this episode covered a lot of different sports. Um, but yeah, th there's a lot of things coming up. Obviously the Euro is coming up soon. French Open, a lot of things, um, which, which will be good for, for a cold winter here in Australia to look forward to. So, look, have a good week, and, yes, thanks for listening.